Hello and welcome to the Coach Connections podcast today. We are back. We are live and we want to thank all of our previous guests we had on the show. Uh, last week we had Isaiah Coates, my brother from another mother, and we had uh, Patrick Hausman uh, giving us interesting takes on sports and stuff like that. And we got more interesting and fun guests here today. And actually, we are making history today with our first band on the podcast. We have band members here from Frankfurt Filler. Fittler, Fittler, Frankfurt Fittler, the band Frankfurt and Fittler, Frankfurt Fittler here with Tyler Cole and Randy Wilson. Welcome to the show. Let's go. Let's get it started. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to have you guys here. So so if everybody knows my background, I obviously remember before we talked about how I went to judge. And these are two of some of my best friends here at Father Judge here. We call them the kids. They're the kids because they are... Uh, yeah, a little uh, inside joke we got going on there. So, so let's start out with you, kid, and let's see what we got going on here today. So let's start with Tyler. Tell everybody about yourself, and uh, let's introduce you first, and then we'll move on to Randy. Sounds good. My name is Tyler Cole. I obviously went to high school with Paul. Thank you again for having us on this podcast. Um, I am the lead singer and guitar player for Frankfurt Fittler. Um, music is a very, very important part of my life. And it's every it's what I do every time I wake up in the morning. All right, all right. Let's go, Randy. Let's introduce you. Well, I'm Randy. I'm 21 years old. Um, I'd have to agree with Tyler. I think I really found myself with music over the last three or so years. You know, even after we graduated high school, and uh, I played the drums for Frankfurt Filler. <laughs> that is right. Love it, love it. Now, if you follow these guys on social media from their Frankfurt and Fittler, got it right, there we go, Frankfurt Fittler <laughs> band name, uh, they are just, like, they are rock stars. Like, you just look at them, you'll be like, okay, maybe they don't have the blue check mark yet, but they are just completely, <laughs> yeah, really, holy soon, but they are just complete, like, rock stars. Like, they are fully in it, their persona, how they sing, how they act, how they dress, they are fully into what they're doing right now, and as you guys will see later on our YouTube portion of the episode, you'll see that they are truly ready to rock. So, I want to get into that. So, Tyler, you said a couple minutes ago, you wake up every morning and, like, eat, sleep, and breathe, ready to, to sing and, and perform and stuff like that. So, back when your childhood, uh, like, and stuff like that, what got you into rock, or how did you get into rock and roll and singing and, and all of that? Were you singing in the shower? That's always where it starts. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good question, Paul. Right. Um, it's hard to say, because I, I think it took a lot for me to find that. And I've, I've been playing music for a good majority of my life. I probably started playing music when I was probably about, I would probably say eight or nine. And I had a pretty strong interest in guitar. I'm not even sure why I wanted to pick it up. But um, I started that when I was about eight or nine. And it, it was always just like a side thing that I did for fun. And then um, I kind of lost interest just as like, you know, I got older and stuff and different, like, you know, priorities took order. And uh, I actually quit for a couple years. So I wasn't I actually started out at a pretty nice music school settlement music school. It's from around here. And then um, I don't know, I just didn't really latch on to it that much. And then uh I took like a, it was probably about a two or three year hiatus. And then I, um, I went back to it. Actually, my, my mother actually forced me to play the guitar again, which is crazy because now I love it so much. But, um, after I, uh, like reacquired it, it was still like something on the side I did, but throughout high school, when I was really trying to figure out who I was and finding myself, I, uh, for some reason, like, I guess it was probably late junior year, early senior year. I, I really just 
latched onto it and created like a really strong relationship with music. Um, it, it definitely was expressed mostly through the guitar and rock in general. I, I, I'm not really sure what it was, but there was just something about the energy of rock music that really like I could I could feel. And honestly, it, it's crazy to think that like there's a helicopter flying over my house right oh. now. I don't know if you can hear. <laughs> but um, there's something about the energy that really just kind of made me feel a connection it felt like it was a way of expressing myself and i I started to realize that i could i could feel a lot of emotions when i listen when i listen to music like it could change my mood it could it could enhance my mood it could could do a lot of things and um so as i just got older and stuff like that and you know when obviously deciding about college and stuff when you're in high school it was never like anything like i never thought i would do it as a career it was always like oh yeah like i'm a musician i'll do it on the side and by the way this was primarily always guitar and i wasn't even we weren't even composing music then and um as i got older and stuff like that and realized like i I truly definitely like this is absolutely what i I, I feel I'm drawn to in life. And it, it started to not just be guitar. I started to just, you know, figure out, like, I, I wanted to just, I wanted to be a musician, not just a guitar player. And that that's a really hard thing to do, I think, at least from on my end. Like, it just, I had to do a lot of, like, multitasking and stuff like that, learning different instruments and learn how, you know, almost go backwards and figure out how music works from the ground up, not just through guitar. And then eventually, um, I took on singing. I've only been singing for about probably like six to eight months now. Mm-hmm. So, and that that's became a pretty big priority because I've been playing guitar for a while now. So I kind of have, I, I, it's not where I would want it to be, but I think I have it down good enough to focus on singing. But um, that's pretty much how I would describe it. I would say my connection, like where I discovered rock was just, I think my, my uncle actually introduced me to the Rolling Stones and mm-hmm. you were actually the first person who ever, booked us for our first paid yeah. gig which, yeah the block party yeah when we were a cover band, that was when we were a cover band all night and you actually booked that was our first paid gig so uh, thank you for yeah. that obviously yeah. well, that was the first one. Oh yeah, yeah. that's what started this is all your fault Why let's go way to go paul way to go <laughs> get us into here but um I, the Rolling Stones, my, I think my uncle introduced me to them and I, that really there was just something about that music that I really got a strong connection with Yes, and that oh my god, like that's so awesome. First of all, thank you again for for being your your star finder. I got I got an eye for talent out there, so uh, that's why no, I'm kidding. But truly, though, that's why I wanted to showcase you guys because, like I said, like you know, you just find people certain places, and I've been through high school with you, and like I said, you know, that you never know what you're gonna do, and you come out and you find that you know. You were into guitar your whole life, and then you rekindle that love for it, and it just like blossomed. And you know that is just awesome how you like refound your love for it. But it was always there, like you said, it was always something that was there. Yeah. Now I do have a question for you, but I'll get back to that. So let's see what Randy's got here. Randy. All right. So yeah. So so how did you get into you know doing what you were doing? So you also Tyler said he just got into singing. He was doing guitar, and you were doing drums. And now I see that you're doing guitars or or bass or you're doing something with the string, the, string, the strings. Uh, you know. So I want to see what you're doing, Randy, and and how'd you get into yeah. music and everything? Well, it's funny. My brother he actually started off, and I always growing up in the house. And my brother was always in the basement. And he was singing and playing guitar. Like, that's what he does now. And even around Northeast Philly, he does um, just solo musician bar gigs. You know, he sings, plays guitar. And, I mean, I was around that 24-7. And I feel like I've always wanted to learn how to play an instrument. So he started me off. And 
I tried to learn the guitar and he would teach me a few things and I, I started learning the chords and how to switch between them and it just never really stuck with me. Like it was never something that like I was like, I want to do this. Like it, it felt more of a chore to play it rather than something fun to do, you know, throughout your day for a hobby. So I didn't give up. I, I actually, I went to one bass lesson after that. I was like, all right, guitar's not for me. I'll start playing the bass. And I went to one bass lesson, never went back again. Mm. Then I picked up the keyboard and I tried the keyboard and I learned a few things on there. Like I learned a few chords, a few like little like songs here and there, but that also didn't stick with me. And then right after we graduated from judge, um, Tyler was just in the garage, you know, jamming with his guitar and he was like texting me like, Hey, do you know anybody with a drum kit? Do you know anybody? And actually my brother back when he was in college he bought a drum kit for really cheap and he was stuck in the storage garage so i was like my brother has a drum kit in the storage garage uh he was like get it he would, i was like i don't know man like i don't know i can't do that i don't, I don't play the drums whatever and he, he would text me every single day drums yo get the drums bring the drums i don't care how bad you are just come over and play a beat i'm like all right fine so i set up a day i got to i went to go get the drum kit i brought it over and that was like the first instrument that I actually sat down with and was like, wow, like I'm comfortable with this. Like, this is fun to do. And now like, like you were saying, you saw the picture of me with the guitar. Like sometimes I'll go back to the guitar. Like I just have an acoustic laying around in, in my basement here and I'll pick it up every now and then and, and, you know, strum a few chords or whatever, just like, just for fun, you know, to take a break from the drums. Cause I don't know. Sometimes it's too much and you kind of want to take a break from something. So that's always good to do. And that's why uh, you see me with the guitar. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Yeah. Just, mm -hmm. The music story for me, that's that's really where I, where, you know, the whole, I guess, playing music um, with the band type mm -hmm. of thing. That's where that stemmed from. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I was like, you know, you know, like Tyler said, like interchanging like different things and stuff like that. Because I, I know I saw you on the drums, and I know you're a beast on those drums. You're like animal from the Muppets, like. You're, <laughs> but yeah, like you know, you, you, sometimes you just like learn to love stuff. But for you guys to both yeah. be interchangeable in like doing that, like I mean, I had a drum kit too, Tyler, but I wasn't uh, pretty good on the drums. So you, you, <laughs> you found a drummer. And a drum kit, like to connect it. You were like, "Yeah, I can do this yeah. thing." Yeah, how about that? So when you when you were texting him, how about that? Like when you guys started and formed together. When you were texting him, Tyler, like Randy, um, like about the drums and stuff like that. When did you find out that he could play the drums? And then when did you like mesh all your talents and stuff together? And we're like, "All right, Randy started playing for you. I can play under Randy and Tyler." How did that all work out? Yeah. That's a really good question. Um, there's a big difference, and I, I say this to a lot of people who are like starting bands and stuff like that. There's a big difference between being like a normal musician of someone who just, you know, plays guitar or something like that and playing in a band of other people mm -hmm. because it, it's really like a symbiotic relationship and it, it's, it's, it's something you have to develop because like you could be a fantastic musician, but if you if you don't have a relationship with that person you're playing in a band with, like it really might not work out. Like it, it, it's hard to find a good it, it, they call it chemistry find mm -hmm. it's the same thing with a sport or like a basketball court or anything like that chemistry it plays a big part and um 
you know, when, when Randy came over and we were playing, so because I, I remember, I, I don't know if it was before or after that, even when Randy was still starting out on the drums and figuring out, like, that is what he wanted to do. Like, he would still be on the keyboard and we would just, we would have fun. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it all starts out with fun. It all starts out with, hey, come over, let's make some noise and see if it sounds good. And mm-hmm. I remember, like, recording, like, some of the first stuff where, like, it was just, like, drums and, and, and guitar. And, like, we thought we sounded, like, insane. And, like, we go back and look at it and it's like, Oh my god! Like it sounds like we're banging on freaking trash cans. <laughs> but um, some of the videos now, it's just like, geez. And at that time in our lives, we're like, this is the greatest thing ever. We've, yeah. we've never heard something like this before. Yeah. Exactly. And it was just it was it was because it was fun. That's the thing. And like, it's always a constant progress. You're never at the point where it's like, okay, now we're where we want to be. Like, it's always a constant progress of like, because like we'll look back at a video from a month from like like a month ago, and we're like, oh, oh my god, we do this better now. And it, it, it takes a while to get that. And because when we first started doing it, like it was literally just, hey, come over once a week, and we'll make some noise and jam out to the stuff that we like. Mm-hmm. But then like, once you build a chemistry of somebody, and like you realize, like you start. That's that's one thing that we always just talk about. That like you almost start to think alike, mm-hmm. like you know where like he'll do a change like mid song and stuff like that. And you don't even need to speak. Right. That's the, that is the best thing about playing in a band is being able to communicate without language. And yeah. it is the coolest, coolest thing ever. And you only develop that when you have a really good chemistry in a band. Right. Right. Over yeah. the last three years or however long we've been playing, like, over, like by, by the time now, like, I know exactly what Tyler's going to do next on the guitar. Just cause, I don't know, just because we've been playing together so long, I just know where he's going to go. And I think that can really help our sound, you know, building that chemistry. If you have, you know, I feel like chemistry is so important for a band, you know, knowing what you guys can all do musically and what the next sound or what the next step is going to be in the song or, or whatever it is that you guys are composing. It creates a unit of sound. Yeah. Mm. Rather than three people all playing, it sounds crazy, like it's, it doesn't sound like it makes sense, but having three people playing at once, like really coming together for one specific sound. Yeah. And, you, and, that, and honestly, like you can tell if bands have good chemistry or bad chemistry. You can just hear that, like live. It, it should feel natural. And I think that's a big part of that. Right, right. And like for our, our other like viewers that are listening today, this is good like, you know, talk on like the chemistry and stuff like that and meshing together because it can relate to like you said, like with anything in life, like um, you know, I know who's watching today, Mrs. Cole's probably gonna watch today, and I know your parents, Tyler, are big Eagles fans, so it relates, you know, I'm a big Eagles fan, so it relates to that. Like if you're throwing balls with each other and you're like, Yeah, this is pretty good, we're good. But then you go on the field and you don't like perfect your craft or you don't like do your stuff like that, you're gonna be like, What's going on? So but but once you know and you figure out the person like Randy you said I know what Tyler's gonna play and Tyler you said you know yeah. how you feel like with Randy and you can feel it what sense what's gonna happen you are like just like Jalen Hurts is gonna feel Devonta Smith running around and he's gonna feel it and throw it in the ball yeah. it's 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 just perfect like things like you just mesh together and for you guys yeah. to like learn all that and then speaking of like your first videos there you said you were talking about how you know right after you listened to them like a couple months ago or whatever you're like oh man what the heck is this so so I'm, I'm curious like how how were they the first videos were they like the bop it machine where you put all the sounds together and like boop bop boop bop <laughs> like, like, you know, it was, <laughs> It sounded like that because when we first were started filming stuff, we were, I mean, and I, I, I said it before, but like there is a big difference between being able to play guitar and then 
playing in a band because mm. I mean I, I, I could have I, you know I could have held my own playing some songs on guitar but as soon as I stepped in trying to play with other people like you almost have to start all over again like it, it's it's a really completely different way of playing and like mm. back then it was only like what's it called it was only a few instruments it was only like it was only drums guitar and stuff and like you know when you when you hear that stuff like it's it doesn't well we weren't we weren't we didn't have that chemistry yet is a good way is mm. just it's just how it goes and it, it didn't really sound like music i mean we were we were proud of it and that's all that mattered because it was fun but mm-hmm. it um you know it, it starts to once the seriousness took over i think i think once we you know i mean it takes a while to build that like okay maybe we aren't as bad as we think we are <laughs> once you have that like it starts to get really serious and then you you, you start to feel confident mm-hmm. i think the confidence is the most important thing and you know it, it sounds stubborn but being able to sit back and listen to something and, and not just say, Oh, this sounds good. And, and almost reason with yourself and say like, you shouldn't have to reason with yourself. It's like, Oh yeah, it sounds good. It's all right. But like, if you can sit back and be proud and confident in what you've created and sound good and say, Hey, I don't care what anyone thinks. I think this is some of the best stuff I've ever heard. Like that's yeah. a, that, mm-hmm. it takes a while to get to that point. And that progression from that, those first couple videos of just absolute noise, like sound like <laughs> to that, to being able to say, Hey, like, I respect your opinion on the music I create, but I, I, I I'm pretty sure I'm right. Like, that's a okay. really awesome thing to get and develop. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I think like you hit it right on the head. Like, confidence, patience, and practice. That's what I heard from. Like, that's what it takes to develop that chemistry. And once you get it, and like you said, you just feel like you guys can go. Any? Can you, do you feel like you need to like practice a little bit before a performance still, or do you? No, okay, absolutely. Okay, it, it, it's. Being playing in a garage and practicing and stuff like that, like it, it's crazy because there's always one thing that goes wrong whenever we do a live performance, and you can't practice for that. Like I remember we were driving to a gig; it was probably a couple weeks ago, and uh, I think we were playing at the Fire in South Philly. It's like a little like live music venue for original music, and I said, "What could possibly go wrong? Like, what's the worst case scenario? Like, I forget a lyric or something like that, or I, you know, mess up." And I, I usually always bring a backup guitar just in case something happens to my guitar and i said oh i don't need a backup guitar or whatever and i broke a string and i was standing there like an idiot trying to restring my guitar for like three minutes while randy and uh our bass player mike were holding down like a rhythm section like it was just <laughs> oh crazy God. but it, <laughs> the practice never stops yeah practice is, a, is it, it can it can never stop because as soon as you stop practicing like you don't you don't get anywhere and mm. it's that's one of the hardest things and and i that's one thing that i really admire about randy and he should talk about this is how he he doesn't have a drum kit at his house wow. he learned the drums on pillows yeah that oh was one God. of the first things that i did i mean i was never allowed to have a drum kit in my house i live in a row home just you know in northeast philly like yeah. i have neighbors and my parents would probably kill me if i had a giant drum kit in this house so even in the beginning I would come home and I would I put my earbuds in and I would just put on the songs that we were you know rehearsing and I would practice I would grab, I bring my sticks home and I would play on pillows. Oh my god! And those were my those were my drums for I think like the first year of it, and then I upgraded. I I got these drum pad things. I don't know if you can see them back there. They're on the couch. That's my little practice. Oh my right god! There. That's insane. <laughs> but. Those little pads, they give like the same rebound and, and bounce yeah. that and same feeling that a real drum gives and it's not loud at all. So that's what I use on like now to practice. 
Definitely way better than the pillows from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a whole lot better than that. So, and to finish yeah. the question, mm-hmm. sorry for Oh, no problem. No, go here. About practice is it takes a while to get to the point where, because when I first started singing, like it was like, okay, I'm going to be the singer. And it's, it was like, it was very, it felt like I had to go out of my way to practice and it wasn't fun. It was, you, you, you reach a point where you have to push yourself to practice. And I think when you know it's something you like and enjoy is the practice doesn't feel like a chore. Mm. And that, that can go, that all this, it's crazy because all this stuff we're talking about really relates to anything. It relates mm. to sports, the chemistry stuff, even the practice stuff. Like, like. I see myself practicing naturally at this point where it's just like, you know, you can never practice too much and it's almost fun to practice and, and learn more stuff. It's a constant search for more learning and knowledge. It can apply to anything. And I, I really think that applies to music and, and be and like, like you said, like practicing before a show, like you can never practice too much. I mean, I, I've always heard people saying like past musicians I talk to, it's like, Oh, don't practice the day of a gig. You know, it's bad luck, but <laughs> I really don't think there's there isn't a second where practice isn't going to help you. Mm-hmm. Practice, practice, practice. Yeah, yeah, and practice makes perfect, and that's what you exactly, and that's like the saying that everybody says, but it's so true. The more you do something, the better you know yourself. It's just like like you said, it relates to anything. Studying for a test, anything you can't study, you know, I already did this. You know, I don't want to you know over frustrate myself with like all the words. Well, if you don't, if you study the day of the test, like it might help you out. Thank God we don't have to take any tests this summer right now. But anyway. <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, but going back to to Randy, like with those pillows, because you got me interested there, Tyler. When you talked, he was talking about some pillows. Now, Randy, hold on. So, with the pillows, you say you have these new pads now that are like you know do the sound. Now, how do they you know mesh with the pillows? Like, but do they relate at all, or did the pillows just like fluff out air? Like, were were they similar? The pillows pillows were a struggle for a while. I mean, because you would just hit the pillow and it just go. At least, like, with these pads. Here, I can show you real quick. Yo, okay. I'll bring it over. Live demonstration. Here we go. <laughs> Here you go. All right, so Randy. I mean, when you hit something. it, like, when you hit this thing, it right. bounces. You see, it goes up. So it kind of gives the real feel that a drum kit would, like I said. So that's way better than, you know, hitting one of these pillows uh, and it just stops. Yeah. You know, it's just, that's all it is. Yeah. So that was definitely an upgrade, you know, buying these things, but. Yeah. For a while, it was a struggle, man. <laughs> oh my god, I can imagine. I mean, now you should you should have borrowed my drum set. I had the little American Idol uh, eight year old drum set. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you oh, could have had that. <laughs> See, we're not in uh, the, the you know we we are in a row home, but we don't have a house on the side of us. We're on the corner, so <laughs> so the, I guess the, the noise level is different. But you know, yeah. anyway, like learning from you said, your brother played the drums, right, Randy? He played he played guitar. But oh, guitar. Hadn't. It, like from college that like one of his buddies gave him oh. but he's mainly a guitar player okay so guitar but so what did you learn from him so maybe he saw that you were bashing pillows one night and you're like okay what is this kid doing but what what did you learn from him like with your uh, career like you know just with the drumming or maybe any tips he taught you like with guitar or anything that you learned from him well i mean he's always just he's always supported me with with music and what i wanted to do and he's always just been a big influence for me just because he's my older brother. And I've grown up, I'm like, I want to be like him. And, you know, he's playing guitar and he's strumming in front of people singing. I'm like, wow, I kind of want to be like that when I grow up. But I don't know. He's always supported me and said that, you know, practice, 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 like Tyler was saying. Mm. You know, just always practice. And, and that's that's really what, what he was he was always telling me to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, and he was at the block party too, I think. Yeah, he was at the first yeah, game. Yeah, he's actually our sound guy. He does our sound pretty much any any independent gig that we play. Like if we play at a, a bar or something like that, he's our sound guy, which okay. is fantastic. Sound check. One, two, three. No, yeah, how about that? Awesome. You know, he just makes sure nothing goes wrong with all our yeah. sound. The mic doesn't cut out or anything like that. Right, right. And if you ever need a backup player, like let's say you know, somebody gets COVID or <laughs> you just go, all yeah. right, let's go. Yeah. You got a backup yeah. player. That's awesome. Exactly. Yeah. So, so Tyler, you were saying like um, how you learned like at different schools and stuff like that. And you mentioned the settlement yeah. school and all that. So... So obviously going to Father Judge, and I know you went to Catherine's. Randy, where'd you go to grade school? Uh, St. Tim's. St. Tim's. Okay, so good. Well, I went to St. Dom's. So we all got the Catholic grade school, Catholic high school going on. So they there, they didn't have a lot of programs for music and art, or at least at my schools they didn't. I had keyboards in eighth grade, for, and that's all I had. But they didn't have a lot of like other stuff with music. And at Father Judge, they had a, like a program for a couple years. And then in our junior, senior year, I believe they didn't have – a music yeah, program senior year they uh, got rid of it yeah they got rid of it so how did how did you were you able to adjust without that or were you interested in it while they had the programs either at Catherine's or tim's or at father judge or were you just you just developed it from outside and that you know what we didn't learn from judge or what we couldn't have learned did that like affect you in any way any way shape or form that's these, these are great questions paul Thanks. so i actually so and you touched on it in that question is I actually wasn't involved with the music program at Father Judge, which I, I, I don't necessarily regret it, but I think it would obviously put me, I, it's always good to meet other musicians and I, and I wish I, and I did meet a lot of musicians through Judge, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, what's it called? Um, I don't regret not being in it, but I think it would have helped me. It, and like you said, the grade schools, they, they had a music class at St. Catherine's, but you know, it was, it was, it was actually pretty, they taught a lot of rudimentary stuff. And I, and I look back and it's like, Oh, well, maybe I did learn something from that. Um, I actually think I might've brought my guitar in the, to Catherine's like once in like, I had to be in like fourth or fifth grade or something like that. I don't really remember it that well, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure I, and I had it, I had it back in the cubbies. Like I remember I kept it back in the <laughs> Or music class, it's crazy. Oh my god! But um, I, 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 I think it definitely not being in the music program. It, it, uh, I don't think it hindered me, but I, I, I do regret. I wish, I, I wish I would have played in that. But at the same time, I, I think I had a different perspective on music. I, mm -hmm. I didn't really like the whole idea of someone else telling me what we're playing. I, I, I didn't, and I think this goes for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I, 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 uh, I teach music on the side, mm -hmm. and. It's uh, I teach guitar, and it's 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 one of the main things that I try to do when I teach is it should never feel like a chore. Mm -hmm. And not saying that Judge's music program was ever be a chore, and it's really a shame that they got rid of that. Yeah. But um, I'm not sure if I don't know if they brought it back or not yet. But I know that they didn't have it when I was there, mm -hmm. it's her senior year or late senior year, something like that. But um, it should never feel like a chore. And I I think I had the um the perspective that I thought it would be a chore if I did play with that, and I, I liked it to be a getaway. I, this was before I was, cr I was crazy into music and it was still a pretty big part of my senior year, but I liked going home and being in my zone and playing music. Okay. And I, I think it should never be a chore and especially for people learning instruments. And it, it's really hard to learn an instrument, no matter what instrument it is, mm -hmm. whether you're singing guitar, piano, drums, like those first couple of months is that makes or breaks somebody. Like it'll either push you to be better and keep wanting to play or it'll deter you. Like 
deter you forever and never want to play. I've talked to so many people who said that they bought guitars and they wanted to play guitars and then they just stop after a couple like mm-hmm. weeks or two because it's hard. I mean, your fingers hurt, your fingers start to bleed and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. like, it, you know, and it, sometimes it doesn't sound good the first couple of weeks and it's okay, but you know, it, it creates people who really enjoy music. And, um, I think that's probably why I didn't get involved because I, I had the assumption that it would be like a chore and I'm sure it wasn't and I don't think it was. I mean, there was fantastic shows that they put on. I mean, I remember sitting in auditoriums and watching people and I was like, this is great. Yeah. And, you know, I, but, and I was a different person. I was a young, I was a, I was a kid in Father Judge. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was 18, but I still wasn't an adult. I didn't think like an adult or anything like that. I still don't think like an adult. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Who does? No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not as mature as I should be. <laughs> but, um, I, uh, it was a different perspective I had. And I think going into the real world and going into college and seeing, you know, just getting a taste of the real world, like really pushed me into music in a different way than how I thought of it in high school. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I like, you know, I can see that definitely what you're saying there. Like, you know, how about it would be constraining, you know, especially like at like, a, like if you're in a system of music, like at, at music class at uh, St. Dom's, like they were like, you know, they had keyboards out in front of us. But, you know, maybe some of us knew how to play piano. I didn't. But other people did. I knew some girls in the class that knew how to play piano, but they couldn't play that. They had to play Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star or one of the church songs. And I see what you're saying, how like if you're in a class like that, yeah, you're like, you know, we're probably not going to be able to play what we want to play. So it's better to branch out and it is a shame that they lost the music program because as we've seen there's so many great alumni bands we got out here and so much talent yeah from judge yeah it really is a shame because that should be that should be something they should be pushing for in the high schools and stuff like that it really is a shame yeah yeah and i'm gonna mention this here and i I try to mention it to some of the people we know mr camp and all them back at judge you know we should have an alumni like battle of the bands you know maybe if there's some (laughs) little kids playing today there because they are very little if you go back they're like this big (laughs) i'm like these were not us no they look way younger than we did i swear that's what i was thinking yeah yeah it's just insane they're like so like babyfied i'm like okay this was not us no no we were better than that okay but but yeah yeah we totally we totally need like a battle of like the bands like total thing so putting that out there father judge anybody listening gotta do this thing and there's so many judge teachers who also play instruments and stuff like that yeah remember there was the one i think it was the senior salute where they did the snl skit uh it was uh, the the cowbell skit and it was like deacon (laughs) they all play it was crazy Deacon yeah. Moser got his little guitar. He just comes out of nowhere with it. <laughs> yeah. Now, Randy, how about you at St. Tim's? Like, like, uh, did you think that, like, you know, your time at, you know, Judge or maybe, like, getting into music or the programs that you had, like, it probably, since it was, like, a Catholic school, so they didn't have as much programs, do you think that affected you in any way? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I, when I was in eighth grade and even younger than that, I wasn't even thinking about music like consistently at all. They did have a program there. I remember seeing, you know, they had like kind of like a school band, but it was like, um, I think there was like a couple guitar players, a flute player. Like you can learn like a trombone or, or something like that. I, I honestly forget what it was like, but that was so long ago for me. And, and at that time in my life, I wasn't really even thinking about music. I mean, mm. it would have told me then that, in 2021 you'd be playing drums i probably would have thought you were crazy like no way that'll never happen <laughs> but as i got older i kind of grew close to the music and back to your your first question about rock music i feel like like during that time in my life and even younger than that i've always grown up around um rock music and and i think that's where i get my you know 
my taste in music from my, I mean, 60s, 70s, classic rock is probably my go-to. That's my favorite. That's what I like to listen to. Mm. And uh, it was just always on. I feel like, you know, if I was in the car driving with my mom or dad or, or in the house, my mom had the radio on. There was always, like, you know, classic rock playing with the Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, um, the Who, the Cream, all, all them, like, you know, classic, classic rock bands. So that's where it all started, I think, in my head, you know for the love of rock music, but it really didn't become a priority in my life until after we graduated high school. Yeah. 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 I see what you're saying. Like, you know, sitting in there, you're in your St. Tim's or blessed Trinity. No, I'm sorry. I'm kidding. Randy. All right. St. Tim's. <laughs> <laughs> but sitting in St. Yeah. yeah. You went there. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's a race. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But anyway, yeah, sitting in St. Tim's or or St. Catharines or St. Dominic's or or Father Judge, you know, we don't know where we were going to end up. We're we're just sitting there yeah. going through, especially like I'm just thinking like going freshman year, all those assemblies. I'm just looking and laughing at Mr. Williams saying, "Gentlemen," uh, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, we weren't really like thinking about some of the things. So maybe there was like really influential stuff going on. But you know, I think back on a lot of the stuff now. Like sometimes you just reflect and think back. Oh, wow, if I, you know, thought about this or back then, I'm like, I really would have been into this and stuff like that. But now you just, you're just like, all right, well, I'm older. Like you said, like Randy, you wouldn't think, or Tyler, you wouldn't think that you're doing this. You have a band and you've been through a couple of bands and you're doing a couple lot of things. And you're like, man, I wouldn't think I had a podcast. You know what I mean? So nobody knows where they're going to be. And it's just like, awesome. Absolutely. It's yeah. true. And I've seen so many people and obviously like me and Randy, like, what's it called like when you graduate like you think you know what you're doing and even senior year and there's a lot of people who do know what they're doing and they're doing it right now but there's a good majority of people who you know you really learn who you are after you graduate and what you want yeah. true that yeah you through the four years of judging they're always telling you, you wait till you get thrown out into the real world you're not going to be able to you know wait wait to see what happens when you're in the real world and the problems that you're going to do it and like you kind of laugh at it. Yeah. I don't mean, like, like you, you, you laugh at it, and then you actually get thrown out in the real world. It's like, wow, like, I need to yeah. fend for myself here. I got to find what I like to do, and it's just crazy. <laughs> it is. It is. It's eye-opening, you know what I mean? Now, now some yeah. of the stuff, you know, they were always like, you know, oh, college is going to be harder or something like that. Nah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about that, because they were kind of... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Some of those professors are uh, pretty chill, especially during these COVID times. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, but but everything like you know, like Randy said, like it's just really like eye opening, like when you just get into the real world. But you know, to be able to find those successes and make your successes a hobby, because again, I learned from a lot of other podcasts I had on here and other people. They said you gotta love what you want to do when you go to work. Exactly. You can't you can't like just be like I don't, I don't love what I got to do. And obviously, you guys have a passion for what you do you have a passion for rock and roll and what you guys do and you you don't care if you do it every day right i mean tyler you were saying your fingers bleed when you were learning to play the guitar like is that like i want to i kind of want to get into that so get in kind of let's talk about that and like you know when you're learning to play certain things and and how you can keep commitment to it like when your fingers are bleeding like oh wait explain that part first because <laughs> i'm like wow it's funny because like that you that happens when you first start playing guitar but like yeah. you know that's that's one way of just especially and it, it's it's hard because you know when you're when you're running the band it's almost like you're running a business too you know it's, yeah. it's it's never just the music and the music is the number one priority but it's never just the music and honestly like your fingers bleeding is a really good analogy just for 
always getting, you know, there's always something that happens whenever you're trying to do something like this. Cause it's, you're really like an entrepreneur almost. You're trying to sell yourself. You're trying to get people involved in what you have to offer and it's all art. So it's all subjective, but you need to find a team of people who really, really want to work with you and almost, you know, support you. Mm. And, uh, what's it called? Um, it, 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 it's hard because there's a lot of times where you run in situations where it's like, oh man, like, can we move past this? And you, if it, it just, it's that love for what you're doing that really helps you keep moving forward. And that starts from the beginning of, of music when you're trying to learn an instrument and your fingers are bleeding. And mm. like you said, like it, it, it's a constant progression that, that goes on for a lot of stuff. Like, you know, you got to figure out, you got to find people who are on the same page as you who want to make the kind of music that you want to make and have the same vision. And it's really, that's one of the hardest, hardest things. And I'm really lucky to have bandmates who understand that because, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to f- explain to somebody what you have in your head because you can always explain to be, and it, it, it takes convincing too. I mean, like yeah. you can sit there and talk to somebody all day and sometimes like, you know, just, and it, it's not even anyone's fault, but they, you can't jump in somebody's head and know what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you can explain to somebody, it's like, Oh, I'm going to do this. I want to, I want to go travel the world with music. I want to share my music and I'm going to do it. And it's like, and it's like, Oh dude, are you sure? Like that's kind of risky and stuff like that. It's like, no, no, seriously. I, I have an idea. Like, and it, 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 it's hard to explain that. And like I said, I'm really lucky to have bandmates that like understand that. And, um, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. And like you say, like, like, you know, fingers bleed, like you gotta keep moving forward. Like, like it's never just, you're not going to wake up and it's just, you're not, you don't wake up and you're a rock star and you know, like it doesn't, it doesn't happen like that. It's a, it's a lot of hard work. And if you don't enjoy it and commit to it, like, it doesn't work. And, you know, we're not rock stars now. I mean, hopefully something happens <laughs> eventually, but you got to wake up every day and you got to, you got to sell yourself. You know, you got to try to convince people that, you know, that, you know, um, they understand what you're thinking and you got to make sure everyone's on the same page with you and um, just keep moving forward and make, and obviously it, it all falls back on like, it's what I want to do and it keeps me going. Me and Randy get together probably five times a week, five or six times a week, probably for five hours at a time. And we sit there and there's days where, you know, we walk in and, you know, it's, it's like class almost for us. Mm-hmm. And you, you set a goal and we'll go in there and we get so frustrated because we won't complete that goal at the end of the day. And it, and it feels like a day is wasted, but there's so much stuff that you have to go through where and that goes for songwriting too. I mean, we've written so many songs that, you know, they mm-hmm. just, weren't good and like it's hard to learn that because that's another thing too like learning an instrument and writing songs are two completely different things i think i think actually ed sheeran said it before like it takes you know you got to run the faucet and get the dirty water out before it starts running clean water and that that goes for yeah it's a really good analogy that that it really everything is a a whole ecosystem everything connects to each other there's a it's a constant driving force that you have to keep putting in the work and if you enjoy it it doesn't feel like work. And I, I think I can speak for the band when we say that it, it does not work for us. You know, we come in and we enjoy it. I mean, me and Randy might get frustrated. It's crazy. Like there's times where me and him are writing music and I could literally jump across his drum kit and strangle him. But <laughs> it, it, it's, it never, it's never, it's, and he probably wants to strangle me too, but it's never a, uh, it's never a personal problem. It's always, and it's crazy because it's always for the good of the music. Like we'll be arguing over a part of a song and we both think that it'll sound better when we compose it. And, you know, you just got to be, you got to be open to what your bandmates think 
when you're composing stuff and it's just it, it's it's a very unselfish relationship when you're composing yeah yeah now we're having such a good conversation here i want to open it up to our youtube people this meeting is being so recorded we want to invite all of our youtube guests on here today we are here with tyler cole and randy wilson all right two of my buddies from judge and they have their own band frankfurt fittler there we go Yes, there we go. Here we go. Perfect. All right. So we were just having a great conversation, and Tyler was telling us, you know, that you don't wake up a rock star overnight. Like, you have to, we talked about practice and bloody fingernails and just staying with what you're doing. And like you said, keep moving forward and, you know, just, and stay with what you have to do. And, and just, again, Tyler, just like hitting on some of the stuff you said, you said, um, I was talking, you were talking about like business. Like, it's not just, you know, going into this as practice. It's also a business because you have to, like you said, sell yourself, not only like personally, like I, you know, I'm going to do this and stuff, but you have to sell yourself as a brand. So I was wondering, how has that all been? So who takes care of that? Like Randy, Tyler, like with the the whole like, like band, I know you have to get a Facebook and Instagram and everything that all goes into that because exactly the same thing happened with uh, my podcast. Like Tyler, you were saying about how, um, you know, when you start it, you know, you have a passion for what you're doing and you can't just, you know, go ahead and be like, all right, let's just rock out. No, you have to schedule gigs. You have to do all this. I have to, uh, you know, I have to make posts on Instagram to get myself out there for podcasts and stuff. So just talk about how that's all been like the business side of, of what you're doing with uh, the Frankfurt Fittler. It's a, it's a really busy schedule. Um, me and Tyler, we share the Instagram page. Uh-huh. You know, we kind of think about, all right, what are we going to post today? How are we going to interact with the followers? How are we going to gain new followers? Like mm-hmm. what audience should we be appealing to? Um, there is a lot of business stuff to it. I mean, Tyler, feel free to jump in whenever, but I do I do have to say Tyler, he he's very good at the business side of of uh, what we do here. I don't know, he's in college right now for for what, what's your major right now? Uh managerial business, Penn State Abington. Okay. So, I mean, he has a really good understanding on on you know, how to reach out and and what what route to go. When, when we're on the business side of the band. Because like you said, the, you know, the band's the business. Yeah. So, like, I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit. What's it called? Um, It's, you got to be able to, you got you to gotta get people interested. And that's one of the hardest things. And you got to, you don't, you don't sell a car to somebody who already has a car. Yeah. You know, you got <laughs> to sell a car to people who are looking to buy cars. And it, that really applies to, exactly what we're doing like you know we we try to appeal to a good like engaging audience members is a really big thing and constantly putting out content we always try to put out content whether it's professional photo shoot pictures or just pictures of us just hanging out in the garage of the studio and stuff like that and um it's a it, it, it was definitely a learning process and we had a lot of people we, we had a uh, we had a social uh, social media manager for a while mm. and uh mm-hmm. he taught us a lot of stuff and uh What's it called? It, it 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 takes a lot to um to understand how that works. And honestly, it's crazy because you know, I a lot of the stuff I learned in my business class is actually almost applied like to it. And you know, there's there's a lot of ways that you have to. Obviously, you're a brand, like you said, and um the music is obviously the number one thing and stuff like that. But like, there's a lot that goes into that, like promotion and stuff like that. Like we run ads every once in a while. Yeah. We actually dropped a demo for one of our new songs today and we're uh we uh, have an advertisement running for that right now and that hits like you know how many places is that going to and you see how many cities and it goes oh. to toronto 
Yeah. You know, Florida, uh, Miami, LA, and you, you pick that stuff and you learn how, what audience members are the most engaging from different cities and stuff like that. And the age groups, like, I think the majority of our age group is between like 18 and 27. Like you, you got to analyze all the statistics cause you got to know who you're applying to. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. I think when we were, yeah, when we were first starting out, like we have merchandise, we have stickers and t-shirts and stuff like that. But, um, we did a, a thing where it's like, you know, no one knows who we are yet. We don't have any of our music out yet, but people, a big thing is, you know, our image and what we represent. I mean, like we, we, we want it to be very accessible. I mean, there's a lot of bands and a lot of music out there that seems very uh, limited by the genre. You know, there's a lot of subgenres for rock and stuff like that. And it, it should be the music that we create should be very accessible to people. And that applies to the social media too. Like everyone should be able to just hop on and feel comfortable on when they see us on Instagram and stuff like that. When we first, uh, continuing what I said, uh, when we first started out, we had like stickers and stuff like that. We sent, we, we, we ran a thing where, um, if you want free stickers, just email us the address and, you know, you got to take some financial hits sometimes, but to get people involved, you know, it usually pays off. We have stickers that are literally all over the country right now. There's people in California, I think, uh, Oregon, South Carolina, Florida, Oh, Texas, Austin, Texas. Yeah. They have our sticker on the, on the backs of their cars. Yeah, like, crazy. Which is <laughs> crazy to even think about. And that, that's, and that's a lot of stuff. And it, you know, it's, it, it it's funny it takes it takes a hit financially every once in a while but you know it's a long-term investment yeah you put money get money out you know in the long run it's the same thing that stock brokers do and all that stuff you know it's long-term investments and yeah. if you enjoy it it doesn't really matter you know you know you know it's going to pay off eventually even yeah. if you enjoy doing it if you really enjoy something like like you're not going to be i would say you're you wouldn't be hesitant to put money into it if it's something that you really, what's what's the word? You really have a passion. passion yeah. yeah, passion, yeah, a, yeah. A, a drive for like a future, like an image with like, you know, you'll, you'll put in money because you know that it's something that you care about and that you'll get something out of it. And the image is a big too because when we, obviously we're, we're a rock band, but we, our, our biggest inspirations are, are the classic rock bands, you know, the, the people who came before us from the 60s and the 70s and stuff like that. And there's a huge revival in that right now. I mean, you can go to any Walmart or anything like that and you see a whole section of vinyl records and stuff like that. And that was giant back in the 60s and 70s and that's making a huge comeback right now. And we, we do a vinyl of the week every week. We, we skipped this week because Memorial Day. I think you're skipping the podcast too. This was you're skipping your week for the podcast. Yeah. But, um, we skip that too, but um, we do a vinyl of the week and we go back and we revisit some of the classics from like the 60s and 70s and stuff like that. And we ask the audience questions, like we say, what are some of your favorite songs and stuff like that? And we get a better understanding and connection with the people who are interested in us, mm. you know, because you can't expect you, you can't expect people to just spend their free time like thinking about and, you know, spending their time thinking about and following you. Like you got to be able to be offering them something. Yeah. You know, we try to do that with our image and stuff like that. Like, you know, how we dress and our outfits and stuff like that. We're, we're not just musicians. We're entertainers. Right. You know, mm. you wouldn't be playing live if we weren't entertainers and enter- entertainment's the, the biggest part of it. You know, people should be able to check our page out and see like everything that we're about and what we represent. Right. 
Yeah, and and I know that you guys said you split the Instagram page and you know getting into the branding because like I can relate with you guys. We can relate to this on so many like levels, like everything going on, like the, like like different so so many different things. But the just creating a podcast, you have to create a logo, you have to create the inst the, the media pages, you have to uh you you're doing the podcast and you're doing this, but then you have to go and post it and then you have to you know go do this and stuff like that. And it becomes like you know you love what you're doing and stuff like that, but it's also the job of doing this. So it just shows how much passion and commitment that people have into doing like certain certain things when you're um when you have to get involved in all that so you guys also had to create a, like a logo so like how, how did that all work out and did you guys uh, i know you guys said you, you sometimes bicker over over including certain pieces in the song and your randy's getting strangled over there no <laughs> but like, but but did you guys like say all right who, how do we want this uh you know the f to be because i see how you guys got the nice looking f fancy f how did you guys uh wind up with that logo Oh, you want to it? Yeah, go for it. You want to do it? Yeah. No, just one of our friends, um, Victoria, she's she's really good at art. And she's just one of our closest friends. So we thought, here's an idea. We gave her, like, what was it, like a font or something? Or yeah, first, we just classic rock logos, like, in yeah. ideas and vibes, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, and we said, here, I mean, obviously, the name's Frank Filler. We're like, here, can you make a cool logo out of this font or whatever? And she drew up... How many? Like probably drew a lot. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She drew up a lot and we kinda narrowed it down to a couple and we're like then the one we just kinda we we got a few different opinions from from people around us and we were like, That's the one. You know, that's the one we wanna roll with. So now we have that branded on all over Instagram, you know, even just like the big F for Frankfurt Filler. Mm-hmm. And we, we have it printed on T shirts too. We actually just put in an order today for them. So there's T-shirts coming out with the the Frankfurt Fiddler logo. Let's go. But that was really, I mean, it, it was it was quite simple going about it. But we we felt really comfortable just because it was our friend, and then you know, I feel like she knew what to do with it. Right. And it's cool to have that art come from somebody who's close to you too, because yeah. obviously it's all art, music, drawings, all that stuff. It all relates to each other, and you know, having something that like one of your close friends drew, like. On Rain, like Randy's big bass drum, where that just that logo on the front, and even people walking around like with t-shirts on with that logo yeah. is just it's awesome. It's yeah, it's cool to see. Yeah, and when, when yeah, once you like see like oh somebody is has interest in what I'm doing and it's my passion for what I'm doing that makes it even better. Like it's yeah. not just something that I'm putting out there like oh I was just wearing this shirt today because uh, something else. No, it's something that you like that, that you're doing and for somebody to wear that I I could totally see like how that just like hits you and it's just like wow. So not only yeah. like yeah well, you, yeah you guys just like putting things together like with with the business side of it but getting back into like the music side of it. You said how you guys compose songs for it. Now when I was with you guys before like you you guys like interchange bands and stuff like that you were a cover band before which again for everybody who doesn't know they're the ones that play am i right they play the music from another band they just play the songs from them okay and you guys you guys are actually now composing your own music so that is awesome so talk about that and how that process goes into it and for songwriting, you know, how is that process? Because I hear all the time, I'm a big fan of Taylor Swift. She writes all her music, obviously. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. So, so you know, when you go through that, you know, 
it's hard to like churn out like so many songs at a time because you think of this new ideas what's going on here then you and like you said you and Tyler and Randy and Mike the other member who is not here today but they all you all have to think and collaborate of like all right what ideas am I going to put into this song is it relate to this song how am I going to do this and it just takes a take a process then you have to sing it and so how does that all work out and where did your ideas come from so far with all that that's another awesome question Paul um so it will obviously, like you said, starting from the beginning, we were a cover band and it was never, it was never even in question that we were going to write our own music and stuff like that. Yeah. And you know, when, when I was like young playing guitar, like I would, I would like come up with my own like little guitar parts, stuff like that, but it would never be songs. It would never be songs. And, um, at, at a certain point, uh, me and Randy realized that, you know, you can only play covers for so long mm. and you know, there's a huge huge business for cover bands and stuff like that i mean like you, you hear a cover band every bar you walk into and um but you know that that can only take you so far if you're trying to make a name for yourself mm-hmm. yeah so you know you, you kind of reach a point i mean there's always going to be a demand for covers and people are always going to play covers but you know we really wanted to express ourselves in our own way and not through the works of others yeah. and you know it i actually i guess it started it started a little bit before covid but once once covid hit like i mean we we couldn't play out obviously i mean we we were actually we just got our foot in the door with some better gigs when we were doing the covers and then covid hit mm-hmm. and we said all right like we got to figure out what we want to do what direction we want to take this band and we said all right let's compose our music and you first like say all right let's let's write a song like you have no idea what's going to come out. Like wow. you can, uh, yeah. And it's hard. It's like really hard to like, mm. and it's almost not fun. Same thing with like starting an instrument sometimes. Like it can really just drain you. And uh, what's it called? Uh, you know, we, we started writing and composing stuff and, you know, you get ideas for songs, stuff like that. And it's, it's a big learning process because nobody, I mean, like you can go on YouTube and you can say, and you look, you can look up guitar lessons. You can look up drumming lessons. You can look up le- singing lessons, anything. You really can't find songwriting lessons. Mm. Such a specific art style. And, like, you can look up how are common songs written, like, you know, what kind of chord progressions, how do they work, what's the structure. And you can find that stuff, but you really are on your own when you're trying to create your own music. And that's what's mm. the fun about it. And that's what makes it all unique. But um, the process all starts with an idea. So, Obviously, it took us a while to get to the point where we really started to enjoy the stuff we were writing. I mean, we've probably written anywhere between like 15 to 20 songs before we started to really start to enjoy like, okay, these songs are good. And it's hard to get that composition and arrangement and learn how to properly do that. The way we really write and randy can hop in whenever he if, if i say something wrong but um the way we usually start to write is we have an idea of a song that we kind of we want to write so we listen to a lot of different music and we say okay we want to write a song like this mm-hmm. so we start out and it usually always starts with the guitar so we figure out what kind of guitar part we want how it should work and then we structure the song we figure out how the song should progress. I mean, music is a, music is a constant tension and release. You're always there's always building up, building up, building up. And honestly, Taylor Swift. I know you're a huge Taylor Swift fan. Is a perfect example of that. I mean, yeah. everyone you always there's always that tension, tension, and then it releases at the chorus where it's that part where everyone sings it. Everyone mm-hmm. everyone knows those parts no matter what song it is. Mm-hmm. It, so you have to build it from that part up. Mm-hmm. So we usually start from the guitar, and then Randy's usually on the drum kit, and then we find the rhythm, we build the structure. After that, we figure out the uh, 
the lyrics and the, the vocals and stuff like that and what we want to say you usually we usually do the lyrics last yeah make sure that all the music and everything makes sense first so mm-hmm. we might be saying words that don't even make sense like they could be <laughs> crazy oh my goodness you should hear what comes out when we're trying to oh get a God. vocal melody or something just to make sure yeah, it's nonsense. It sounds like gibberish. What you got? Oh, give me a sample. Give me a it's sample. <laughs> oh, man. Like, la, 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 I have a water bottle. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. And then we record it. And then we'll oh go back and, and, and put real lyrics over that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and build off there. Usually, it usually starts, like, the guitar. I would say sometimes we'll all be playing together and Tyler will be playing something and I'm playing along. And I'm like, whoa, like. What was that? What did you just play? Play that over again. And then from there, it just, you just build on top of each other. Like, you know, all the thoughts go in. Like, okay, what if this is here? And what if that's here? Where, where should we go to next? And and that's where it builds up. Like, like Tyler said, we usually start off with the guitar. Mm-hmm. And then I'll find, I'll try to put like a unique drum beat on it. And then Mike will come in with the bass and, and you know, accent, whatever, whatever he wants to do for the, for the, the low end of the song and then the lyrics come in after we get the structure as well you know what are we gonna, we're gonna start off with two of just the guitar and then i'll come in and then mike will come in and then it will be four verses two pre-chorus four chorus and then like you know we'll go throughout the whole song structure and and um that's how that's how it, everything comes together and, for, all that's kind of fun. and we have that whole almost product like in like rainy said we do the lyrics last like we usually try to you know take in what the music's saying to us and we try to Mm -hmm. say okay this song has maybe it's a little bit it's 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 really you know rocky and heavy but maybe it's a little bit sad like let's talk about something kind of serious and we have so honestly all of our songs do that like sometimes some of the songs you know they're just the lyrics are like you know they're fun and stuff like that but then we also have songs that like discuss like serious topics and stuff like that yeah stuff it all depends on what the music's given to us after we compose it and the best the best time is when, like when we're recording we're when we're composing music and it's natural we just wrote a song a couple days ago and it I, it took us about it took me a couple days to get like a, a guitar part but as soon as i got that guitar part me and randy wrote the song probably in about five hours we had the yeah, whole song we just build, bouncing ideas off each other and just came mm-hmm. together really really fast mm-hmm. that's the best when it's just a naturally written okay. song it almost writes itself it's crazy and that is one of the best feelings ever and it takes a while to get to that point but it's so worth it once you're there very rewarding yeah i can bet like you're just standing there and you're like oh i know what's coming in your head i know it's going in mine like just song oh that is awesome but you know i I always wanted to know like how that process went together like you know how some people are like i pour my cereal first i pour my milk first i was always wondering like or do you guys write the song first or do you compose the music so now i know you guys compose the music then you're just all like you're making up the gibberish Sausages are spicy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's where it comes from. That's that's where it all starts. There's no right or wrong way either. That like that's just what works for us. I mean, yeah. you've heard stories from so many different songwriters, and like they start they start with the lyrics first. Wow. Yeah. One of, like, what's it called? One of my one of my favorite bands, Rush. Uh, he the uh, drummer. He was he was he was a very very intelligent person, and he would he would write all the lyrics first, and then. The bass player and the guitar player and the singer. He was a bass and bass player and singer. He, um, they would compose the music around his lyrics, which is the complete other way that we work. 
yeah. it's all, it all depends on what works. No, there's no right or wrong way how to do it. It's really, yeah. it's what, what, what works best for you and your bandmates and what you're most comfortable for or comfortable with. And, uh, it all, it's just, you kind of have to experiment with a lot of things before you find that sweet spot of, all right, how are we going to start a new song? You know, you finish one, all right, how do we start this new one? How do we go about it? So I think that's very, I think that's very common in how we build our songs. Right. Right. Yeah. And that is just like, like I said, like everything that goes into it, like you said, songwriting, branding, everything. But all I can take away yep. from everything that you guys said so far is just the passion and the drive that you guys have for what you do. And, you know, that's what we got out here today. Like I said, we learned from so many other people. You guys love what you do, and that's going to make you successful. Because if you don't love what you do, you're not going to be successful in life. But obviously, you guys have the passion for what you guys do and stick with it. And, and, and uh, you know, if like you said, bouncing ideas off of each other, listening to each other. That's how you're going to continue to pump out music. Like, you're like, I'm still like... Gosh, I don't know how Taylor Swift continues to do it. Like she writes songs and stuff like that, and they seem similar, but they're all like different and in different type of genre and stuff like that. And that's how I think that you guys are going to be too. Like, like you're you're in the same like rock and roll mindset, but you're going to have like so many interesting songs as we continue to go along the line here. So, before we get into our last segment here, I got a couple questions left for you guys here. So, so I wonder like at performances and stuff like that. Two it's a two part question. So at performances and stuff like that. Do you guys do you guys have jitters like get jitters like uh, going into performances? And second part of that question is, you know, doing like all these performances and stuff like that. Like, what are your goals and stuff like that for the band? You know, and for the future and as we continue along here. So jitters and goals. Whoever wants to go first. Um, on my end, I uh, I usually am always I always get jitters no matter what, and it's. A little bit like it's funny. I, I, it always happens the same way. Like the day of, I wake up and I start to get okay. Okay, I got, we got an event today. We got to figure out how we're going to do this and plan it out. Make sure it goes well. And you know, I start to stress a little bit. But once we start the drive mm -hmm. to go to the venue or wherever we're playing, and I arrive there, I still have those jitters. But my whole mindset changes. I say I can't wait to play, and it's it's a it's just the feeling. There is absolutely no better feeling than playing live in front of people. Yeah, mm. being into it. It's it, seriously, it, it's 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 a remarkable feeling. And I, I think that's that's another thing of why I love it so much. Is like like sure, composing and playing music is fun, but playing it in front of people and having people like you know sing it back to you, like mm. it it it's crazy. It is yeah. an amazing feeling, and there's jitters the whole time. Mm -hmm. But you know, almost the, what's the word it turns into uh, adrenaline. I don't ah, know. I couldn't think of that. Okay. The jitters. I mean. I always get the jitters, you know, yeah. before a show, but then you finish the first song, it's like, all right, we're settled in, and the jitters turn into adrenaline, then, you know, you're ready to go for the rest of the show. Right, right. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So, because when you're up there, you know, obviously, I never experienced anything like that, you know, you know, you're standing up there, and then, you know, you're up there with all those people looking at you, and they're clapping, and they're screaming, and all that. So, so I guess it's just what do you say? What do you think after the first couple songs? You're like, all right, I'm into this. I'm up on the stage. I'm just doing this. I can do this all night. Is that pretty? Yeah, true? it's all, all right. natural. they like the first song. It's like, all right, here we go. This is where we're at. You know, just relax and and we'll be good. Wow. And you create a connection with the audience too. You, okay. You're you, you, people don't really realize it a lot, but like you know, when you're in a crowd, like with a band stuff like that, I mean, they're feeding off you. I mean, like we totally feed off how those people feel, and if they're into it, we're even more into it. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, and do you feel that even more, Tyler, like, as the, now as the singer? Because I know, like, like Randy with the drums now, you too, like, when you experiment with the guitar, like, in the drums, you're kind of, like, in the back right there, you're doing, I know you got some drum solos, you got some epic drum solos on there, Randy, you're just doing the drum solos, <laughs> but, like, and Tyler too, you got, like, your guitar solos and stuff like that, now you're singing, so do you feel like you can just hop into the crowd and let them carry you, like, you have to, like, feed into them, like, what are you doing to get that energy going? I, um... I, I try to just be honest with them. I don't go up there and act like I'm someone else. Okay. I try to just, you know, I, I, I try to just be honest and I try to give give them an understanding of how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it could be it could be two people or it could be 50 to 100 people. And I'm always going to have that same feeling. I'm just excited to be on stage. And, you know, I'm not, I just be myself. I, 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 I had, when I first started singing, I was like, you know, the front man and representing the, ba- the band almost. Like, I was like, I was like, oh man, like, Oh, what am I gonna say when I get up on stage? Like, how am I gonna how am I gonna handle this crowd and stuff like that? And I realized, like, I gotta be myself. Like, I'm just gonna mm-hmm. go up there. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest to people. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna get people excited. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna write a speech out. Like, you know, that's not that's not what it's about. It's about going up there and being yourself. And I think that's plays a huge part. And once you realize that, like, you can speak or sing or play guitar or drums in front of anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And Randy, do you, what about you? You hype up the crowd. Um, I mean, my favorite part is probably just the drum solo. I know. It. And then, and then I hear the crowd and then I just start playing faster and harder and I hit, I don't know. It just, that's how I, the louder the crowd is and the more they're, they're into it. I think that's how I feel off them. I mean, I feel, I feel like I play better. I feel sometimes I'll do some crazier things. Like I couldn't even do without the crowd. And I'm like, Whoa, how, how did I just do that? <laughs> but it's just all the adrenaline that's coming off and, it's it really is the the best feeling in the world. Right. <laughs> like, dan- like you're dancing with the audience. It's yeah, it's mm. a concentrating of energy. That same chemistry that you have as a band when you're playing like applies to the audience as well. It's really interesting, honestly. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, next time I go to your performances, I'm just gonna like notice. I'm just gonna start looking to see how you guys like just hype up people and stuff like that because that is just like awesome. Like to be in there because you know. Even like, you know, just relating it to other things like stuff that I've been doing, like, you know, I was good in public speaking, but sometimes you do get like nervous in public speaking. But I feel like once I've been doing this for a while now, you just get a little thing where especially too, like, you know, I'm going to be a teacher. So it just a lot of things come natural to like what you're going to say and stuff like that. It just begins to come natural. So I guess when you're up on the stage, it's sort of like the same thing. You're just like, you know what? I know how to interact with this crowd. I know how to play this music or Randy knows how to hit the right uh, then a symbol and the thing just goes everybody yeah. just goes crazy like ah you know <laughs> right, yeah. so it's just wow that is awesome and for our one of our last questions here today um another two-part question so during covid just i guess one of you can answer this or two of you but during covid like how did that like you said you mentioned kind of a little bit but how did that like affect your plans like what you had to do or, or maybe did it try, kind of like in a positive side bring you kind of closer did you were able to find more time to develop songs and get your material out there and, and all that stuff so the positives and negatives of that and also before we get into our crazy questions segment our famous crazy questions segment do you, who are you some of your favorite musicians and who do you like to emulate some of yourself as so COVID negative and positive effects and fave musicians that you like to emulate. It sounds crazy to say, but COVID did it. It was a negative in, in terms of playing live. Yeah. It was a huge positive that we took time to reflect mm. and took time to, it, it gave us a large opportunity to learn how to write songs. Yeah. Mm. I, I think that played a huge part in us wanting to do that. And 
our material that we have right now, like all of that stuff, like I don't even know if we're using most of the songs that we've written during COVID because that was all the stuff that we were learning to write and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, uh, we forgot to answer the other parts, so your, your your first other question, but for like the long term and stuff like that. Um, what's it called? Uh, all the stuff that we're releasing right now, I mean, that's only on SoundCloud and stuff. That's all of our demos. Yeah, this is not a, the final version thing that you're going to hear. In the future, I'd say probably December, we're going to plan to actually go to a studio, like a real 100% like legit studio and, and you know, pick six, seven, eight of our songs to go on an EP and then record them all there in the like the most high quality sound that you can get with, you know, an actual producer, you know, the vocal coaches in there and, and everyone, a team that's going to help you get the best sound and make a really good EP. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be the plan for I'd say December. Okay. Yeah. And throughout I'd say twenty twenty two, early twenty twenty two, we're going to be able to release singles. You know, a single, maybe another single, and then drop the whole album and and see where we go after the first single. You know, kind of just feel it out after that. Thank would you me. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And what's it called? All the stuff that you're seeing like on SoundCloud and stuff that we're putting out right now, like those are all just demo takes. I mean, we record yeah. that. It's, uh, we, we record actually under a church in a, in a German town. And uh, oh. it's, it's, it's our friend that he, uh, he, you know, he, he uh, records it for us and stuff. But what's it called? Obviously, this podcast is on Spotify, but our once we record our, our EP, I mean, we don't want to put anything else. We don't want to put anything on any of the streaming services unless it's absolutely 200% perfect. Yeah. We're taking that time to do that right now. And honestly, COVID gave us all that time to, you know, learn how to do that. And the negative of COVID was that we couldn't really perform that live. But now that everything's starting to come back to almost normal, like we can start to play that stuff out live. And I, I think you're really going to see, like like Randy said, like once we go and we were, it's going to be a professionally recorded and produced record. I mean, because everything that you, everything I already said, but everything you hear now, it's, it's all demos. But I, th- I think we're really going to surprise people with, the stuff that we've written and composed when we release it, it's going to be, it's probably going to be, I would say definitely like, like Randy said, early 2022, but um, it's going to be worth the wait. It's definitely, yeah, definitely, it's definitely going to be worth the wait when you, you finally get that full sound um, that we're going to put up on Spotify and Apple music and, you know, the rest of the, the top streaming platforms. Yeah. yeah, you know what? The best things come when you wait, you know? Just like we had to wait to watch uh, Endgame uh, a senior year, you know what I mean? So we all had to wait. <laughs> so, oh, same thing. Yeah. yeah for, for the uh, the influences, mm-hmm. I'd probably say my, my top influences as a drummer would be John Bonham of Led Zeppelin. He's Led Zeppelin's drummer. Okay. Uh, Mitch Mitchell, he was Jimi Hendrix's Jimmy, Jimmy Hendrix's drummer, and I'd probably say um, Neil Peart of Rush. That's Tyler's favorite band. Hey. And last one, who do we got? I'd probably say Ginger Baker from Cream. Okay. They're just, just you know, the four. I think they all bring something new to the table. Right. Each, each, each one of them have something new that. I take something from, I take, you know, a little something from all of them and I put it all together as one. And that's how my style playing comes out. You know, when you hear me or how, how, how my style playing is going to be when 
the EP finally does come out on yeah. Spotify. You know? It's awesome. So that's I would say, uh, hmm. That's a hard one. Because I, <laughs> I could probably, honestly, I could probably talk forever. I'm sure Tyler could do the same. <laughs> but let's just go with, like, your top five. <laughs> so it's hard for me because because it's the singing and the guitar. Oh, yes, that's true, yeah. I would say for singers, definitely Getty Lee of Rush, and that's that's one of the, the drummer that one of the drummers Randy mentioned. You'll hear, you're in the same band. He is definitely one of my biggest influences. Getty Lee, um, Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin, as you can tell, me and Randy are very similar. Yeah, how about <laughs> that? Um, uh, Roger Daltrey from The Who is definitely a big one. Okay. I think on a lot of the stuff where a lot of he's very good at conveying emotion. And I, I like to channel him for a lot of the stuff that we're trying to like really, you know, spe- uh, like share a message and stuff like that. But those three are probably definitely huge influences on me. And then guitar wise, I would probably say uh, Jimi Hendrix, absolutely for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, he's definitely up there. I, I love him so much. Uh, Jimmy Page, Jimmy Page is absolutely fantastic. And um, I would probably say Jay Kiska from Greta Van Fleet. Okay. They're a new band, and we look up to them a lot. And they uh, they're really leading the rock industry right now. And uh, they're they're no they're they're a little bit older than us. I would say they're probably like twenty four, twenty five. And mm. they really, I, I really, really look up to them. And especially yeah. the guitar was fantastic singer as well. All four of them were powerhouse. Right. I would agree with that. Right. Well, you can see that uh, that camaraderie and that uh, mesh point that you got there. You guys got similar, uh, those similar artists and and everything and style, yeah. like how you guys do it. And you're you're doing two different things, like you said, singer, guitar. Randy's doing guitar, drums, and yet you still got a lot of the same, uh, yeah. you know, people and musicians that you like to emulate yourself after. And I'm gonna have to check out Rush because I heard, I think I heard of uh, Randy said Neil. I thought I saw that name somewhere like pop up just yeah. when I'm looking on Apple Music and stuff like that, but. I gotta check them yep. out. Are they good, Tyler? Tyler, come on, hype them up. All right, they're, they're, um, they're progressive rock, so they're a little okay. bit out there. Like you know, it, it takes a little bit of uh, care to listen to. You gotta you gotta really pay attention to what they're doing because okay. the lyrics are. Yeah, he, he, Neil Peart, he just passed away. I think it was about a year ago. Yeah, probably about okay. a year. That's probably where you saw it, honestly. Yeah. yeah. He is a fantastic lyricist, and all it, it's all, it's a three piece band exactly. It's the same style band we are, a three piece, mm-hmm. and um. What's it called? Um, they are fantastic. You actually probably heard one or two of their songs before. I'm sure you have. Probably, but yeah. they're absolutely fantastic. Great band. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Like and, and like I said, sooner or matter of time, like I said, you're getting an E P and stuff like that. And like I said, now I don't technically know what all goes into that, but I do know that I saw those words when I search Apple Music. It says E P and they're with all the big musical stars and, and everything like that. I was just DJing a party the other day for little kids and I saw that they wanted me to play Dreams and Nightmares and all I see is E P <laughs> So it, it's something yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right, Randy? I mean you're talking about fifth graders, they wanted to play Dreams and Nightmares. Now thankfully your music's better much gonna be much better than some of the some of the other songs we got there. But just like wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So you guys are gonna be we got we got December of twenty twenty two I got down here. So everybody look yeah. out for them. They're gonna be there releasing their EP on Spotify and uh they got so many other gigs planned. I know I see you got one Ziff for Saturday, right? You have one yeah, this Saturday, June fifth at three thirty, Kings Highway Tavern, Frankfurt Ave. All right, all right. So this pod will probably be out after that. But do you guys have any any uh, any other things coming up that you have booked yet in June or July? Um, 
June 13th. June 13th. June 13th. It's a Sunday. We are playing at Sweeney's Tavern Sweeney's. in Philadelphia. And I think we're only playing about a 30, 45 minute set. So we're not playing too long. We're playing with a whole bunch of bands, some okay. really other talented bands out there we're playing with. It's going to be a really good day. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So on the page, too. Okay. Yes. And please check out their page at Frankfurt. Fittler, and the Fittler comes out of, for everybody on YouTube that we didn't mention earlier. That is Tyler's street name, so we got the intersection of Frankfurt and Fittler. There we go. So that, that's how we got the name, and we talked about everything else. So that is awesome. So yes, be sure to check them out. I will share if they have any um, uh, events or places there on my social media accounts as well to go check them out. As guests on the pod, you get uh, Coach Connection perks right there. So you get... <laughs> <laughs> You tell everybody's going to know where you guys are. So, we're going to end it out here uh, with some crazy questions we got now. It's our famous segment we got here on the pod. And I know you guys are two cool cats. You guys got some uh, interesting stuff going on in your mind. So, first, what we're going to do is we're going to start out with not too crazy. We're going to give you some easy ones first. But here we go. So, have you guys ever thought about trying out for American Idol? And if you did, would you be intimidated by Simon Cowell? Uh... Not my thing, man. Nah. Not me. Right. I'm not me. I don't. I, I couldn't see myself on there. <laughs> oh man, I don't know about Tyler. I don't know what he's thinking, but uh, I don't think people would like it very much. I, I I scream too much, and I just Simon well, would not like that. You scream yeah, I, don't too think, much. I would be very. I would be very intimidated. I'm, I'm, I just scream my head off. So I don't think he would like that very much, and I would be intimidated by him. He's very, very intimidating. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. That's awesome. All right. So how about now? Just going to stuff that you actually have done. So at a performance and stuff like that, what is like the craziest moment that you remember at a performance? Like you said, Tyler, something about your guitar that you forgot or something like that last minute or something happened to it. But what's like the craziest thing that happened either with yourself performing or like with people in the audience? You're like maybe some guy was like you know biting somebody and you're just like what the heck's happening? There, no, I, Randy at the last we played a gig at twenty three hundred arena in South Philly and Randy has a really good a really good uh, oh, answer. On the first song, you know, we open up and we're playing this pretty sweet arena, you know? And the first song I go to hit the drum that's to my right and I hit it and it just breaks. Oh my it god. Just, it hit the ground, it just broke. And I'm like I'm looking down and I'm like, Oh my goodness, like yeah. and I had to that's the first song I have to play. Mm. We had forty minutes to play. So I had to play about probably six or seven other songs, and I didn't even have a drum right there. So that was just my luck right there. I hit the drum and it fell. And on. half exploded drum kit. He had to finish out the set. <laughs> yeah. So you're just so playing. I, yeah. So how did you like recuperate after that? Did you just stop in the middle of the song, or did you just continue like without the drum? No, I just I, I continued. Okay. I, I'm very used to having that drum there, so it was really it was pretty odd playing the rest of the gig without it being there, but. Right. I was able to manage. It, it, it really wasn't that bad, but it was definitely a lot different than how I usually practice when it's just me in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another thing that was pretty funny is I remember one time we were playing a gig, and uh, there was someone, uh, what's it called, was like talking to us after the show, and he was we were playing in a bar, so he was obviously very inebriated. He wanted to take a, take a spin on Randy's drum kit. Oh. And uh, and as he was uh, walking to get behind Ray's drum kit, he poured his alcoholic beverage all over my guitar amp. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, pulled it out of the wall before I could short circuit or anything. But that was also <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, oh, my God. So it was an electric guitar, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, that's even worse. 
Uh, <laughs> so water and electrics do not go yeah. together very well. <laughs> oh my god! Did yeah. it work after that? Did it work? Yeah, I just unplugged okay. it. I was like, let it dry yeah. and then plug it into it. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! So is he like one of your biggest fans? Is he, have you seen him anywhere else lately? No, I haven't seen him. No. Good. <laughs> I think he was scared to show his face around us after that. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so now we'll get into some of the other ones here. All right. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Oh, man, I was not expecting this question yeah. today, Paul. <laughs> this is your best question yet. Yeah, about it. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, yes. Hmm. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a sandwich. All right. Absolutely, it's a sandwich. I would say so. It's bread, yeah. right? Yeah. It's got... Something in the middle. Something, yeah. Just like a sandwich. What, what else would it be? Right. I mean, if an ice cream sandwich is a sandwich, and a hot dog's got to be a sandwich. Mm. Right? That's true. Getting philosophical out here. All right. Is a taco a sandwich then? Oh, Paul. <laughs> now we're digging deep. I mean, we got the meat. Some people say it's not a sandwich if the bread doesn't separate. So I always go, if you say yes, I go to the taco route. So <laughs> I would say I would say a soft taco. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> oh, you really, you really caught me off guard with this question. I know, right? <laughs> a little bit beforehand, if you, if you will. You oh, might have to write a song about this one now. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's raining tacos. Yeah. I got one, that one. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. You think yeah, taco, yeah. soft taco, that's a sandwich. Yeah. I would oh. also hop on that boot. I think it is all right, yeah, I think I would agree too. I mean, it's meat, cheese. What you got? I mean, I, some people say, like I said, the hot dog. They say because of the bread. Some people say because of the meat is not real meat. They it's a bunch of meat. But I mean, if it's two things put together, I, I don't know if a taco is a sandwich because you, can, you can't really smash a hard taco. But you said a soft taco, sure. But hard, yeah, yeah, soft taco, I could see. But yeah, yeah. So here we go. Let me see something else. Let me get a good one here. Alright. Alright, here, what is the weirdest and most exotic food that you ever tried? And did you like it? <laughs> I can't wait to hear Randy answer this. He's the most picky eater ever. <laughs> we just talk. Let's go. I've had kangaroo before. No, come on. Really? Yeah, I've had kangaroo before. That's insane. <laughs> I, only remember, I was at some exotic restaurant. I was very young. I had to be like 13, 14. And, uh... <laughs> It was weird. It's really just like a sweet steak. Oh my god! But I've had kangaroo before. Well, you see, they look like deer. Like they look like some jacked up deer with like some like big thing standing up. <laughs> no, I actually think that's actually a really good point. I think it yeah. actually is very similar to like deer yeah. taste. Okay. I, I don't know. I think I've only had deer a handful of times. I think it is relatively sweet. Okay. But um, yeah, it's like a very sweet steak. Weird. Yeah. Very weird. I will never try it again. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I was like. <laughs> Little marsupials you got going in there. <laughs> I think I actually tried. I don't even know if this is weird. Uh, squid. Okay. Octopus. Yeah. I don't know if that's weird. I mean, I think I, I've tried that before. I think we ordered out four, and yeah, I think my parents got it. And I was, like, you know what? I'll try it. <laughs> Did you like it? I don't remember. I was young. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. I just remember that's like calamari, probably. Yeah, calamari. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Calamari is fantastic. It is. It is cool. <laughs> yeah, that is. I mean, I mean, they got the ones that some calamari got the, the tentacles on there. Like if you go to really Italian restaurants, yeah. Now I like that. That sometimes people say it's chewy. I kind of like it. I was like, I can't eat octopus yeah. though. That's too. Uh, that's too tough. 
That's too. I don't even know what I'm thinking of. It had like tentacles. That was weird. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I got the wrong sea creature here. I don't know. That's it was that, a weird thing. That's that big weird. octopus or something. You got you got something from Nemo or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is a kraken. Yeah, it's a kraken. <laughs> yeah. It was Nessie. It was Nessie, <laughs> the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but yeah but i mean tyler you, you gotta go chase some koalas next i mean if you're going to go put marsupial route i mean god like what no, the... no. <laughs> oh jeez. all right let me get some of this. all right how about this pineapple on pizza you guys like it no yes <laughs> i don't know if pineapple belongs on pizza Randy works at a pizza pizza place, Ooh, how so he's a professional here. Which one, Randy? Which one? Tony's Famous Tomato Pies. Okay. And, uh, Fair. Okay. Gotta check but, it out. Uh, we do not we do not sell pineapples mm. on our people. Hawaiian pizza, no. Isn't that ham ham pineapples? Ham pineapple right? bacon, yeah. We do not, yeah, we do not sell that, but I don't what? think I don't think pineapple belongs on pizza. Mm. I don't it's like sauce and cheese and dough and then like Pineapple? Yeah. Something sweet. I don't know. Not my thing. I probably wouldn't probably wouldn't need it. Okay. That's just my opinion. Okay. I think all toppings could be on a pizza. Okay. But personally, not a fan. Mm. No. You tried it. So you guys you tried it, Tyler? Yeah. I have tried before. Okay. It's it's alright. I wouldn't get it. Though. You wouldn't get yeah, yeah. I wouldn't get it again now. I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> Anything can go on a pizza. But it just depends on if it's good. Now, I had one with my cousin. I don't know if you guys saw, but we did a thing where we did a peeps on pizza during Easter time. Now, oh, my goodness. Now, <laughs> that, Paul? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, we did peeps and jelly beans on pizza. Now, let me tell you, the peeps one was pretty good. It's, if you don't like, I mean, it's kind of sweet, but if you like things on pizza, the peeps one was pretty good. The cheese, all thing mixed. The jelly beans was disgusting. That was horrible. <laughs> I would never... No, yeah, these are different flavors. That was probably crazy. It was, it was, and then once you bite it, it like the whole thing just melts. So it's like a whole thing of like sugar just strung out on you, like you're at Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory. So <laughs> it was, it was horrible. It was bad. But I mean, I mean, how about you know? I think squid on pizza might be good. You know, Tyler Richard. You know what? I think actually, I'm pretty sure that's a thing. I think that might be actually calamari on pizza and stuff like that. See. that belongs better than pineapple definitely i mean my I, god i mean I yeah. yeah i mean you got anchovies on there i mean i'm not an anchovies guy but are you I'm a big anchovy guy you I'm are a big fan yeah it's actually probably my second favorite pizza topic He's, disgusting <laughs> yeah that's definitely that's actually probably worse than pineapple for a lot of people's opinion it is, yeah yeah usually usually yeah now, anchovies and olives now I, I wouldn't i don't i'm not an olives guy i'm yeah. not like olives Anchovies, though. Yeah. Sure. Anchovies, sometimes, like, from time to time, you get that nice little salty little uh, t- taste on there. Yeah, you can put anything on a pizza, I'm telling you. But, all right, so it's good to know with the stuff there. there. So, here we go. All right, so if you were forced to live without one of your external body parts, which one would you pick and why? If you could cut one of them off or pull it, maybe it could be I an eyeball. Oh, oh. I play the drums. I need every single one of them. Yeah, you do. <laughs> 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 That's a good uh, question for a band. I mean, <laughs> I didn't think of it. <laughs> I need all of them. I can't. Yeah, I, right? I need every one of them. All right, well, how about your nose, your eye? <laughs> your t- uh, 
Yeah, I need my ears too. You yeah, you do need the ears. I don't need the smell. You can just cut off my nose. I don't need the smell. Nose, yeah, That's yeah. Good. yeah, nobody needs to smell. As long as I got my ears and each limb, I'll be good. Yeah, and you ain't got eyes. If I had to pick a limb, I'd probably go with a leg. All right, I yeah. Got, I got to have both the hands for guitar. I could probably get away with one leg. Yes, you know what? One of my guests just came on and they were answering. Now, that this podcast isn't out yet, but I'll do a little spoiler. So they said, I'm going to lose my leg because you know what? I can get a prosthetic leg and in about 30 years, they might have a robo leg and it'll be good as new. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, yeah. That's, yeah, like, that's a great point. That's yeah. a great point. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's crazy. But <laughs> I mean, Randy, think about that now. Do you need your leg for the drumming? I mean, I mean, something with the pedal, one pedal, right? Yeah, well, I okay. mean, both of my feet are both of my feet are usually working, so okay. I, I I need both of them. All I need right. I need my limbs, but yeah, I would like to see what I'm playing, mm-hmm. and I would like to hear what I'm playing. So you can just take my nose off. I don't I'll care. take that nose off. All right, so Tyler, I get your leg. All right, Randy, be stay. Don't let the megalodons go out. Don't go out far in the water so they can't get your leg. Yeah, no way. No way. <laughs> oh my god. All right, so let me get something else here. Alright, so being in a band, here we go. This, this is one of those creepy ones. Being in a band, so some things, you sometimes you walk in on certain things, or sometimes, like you said, you see my see things. But just in your everyday life experiences, being in your uh, 21 or so years of life, what's the craziest thing you ever walked in on a person doing or just seeing? You're like, oh, what the heck am I doing here? I gotta get the heck out of here. What, what's the craziest thing you ever walked in on? Hmm. Relating to music or just in any situation ever? Anything. Anything. <laughs> hmm. Um. Jeez. All right. What, what do we got? What was I expecting this question? <laughs> good one. It's a good one. I'm analyzing all core levels of my memory right now. Oh, yeah, it is. You got to go back. Like, right in the back. You're like, what's going on? I always get I've people. definitely walked in on a couple people, like, either using the bathroom or something like that. And it's like, immediately. <laughs> Oh my god, like, I just, why did this even happen? And you right. just immediately. <laughs> I think I was at a, a public pool before and I walked in, someone taking a shower. Oh. I walked quickly out of there, you okay. know. And I, I, that's, the, that's probably the craziest thing that's that's ever happened. Yeah. yeah. We've been fortunate enough not to have any experiences. Good, good. Yeah. Same, I'm right with you. I, I'm always trying to find that one person to be like, yo, I walked in on us. I saw something I'll never be able to unsee. No, you know? <laughs> but, but, you know, think, yeah. yeah, right? <laughs> I didn't think, I think it's, we're all about the same thing. You're walking in to see somebody using the bathroom, you're like, oh, shit. oh snap, let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah, so, all right, so how about, all right, what's the creepiest thing that you could say to a stranger? As you walk past them on the street. This is one of my favorite ones. <laughs> Make me think tonight, Paul. I know, right? <laughs> you smell really good. Oh, okay. Are you going to sniff them too? You're going to go, mmm. <laughs> you know, I probably agree with that. Okay. Oh, I don't think I, really think I would like that. I don't think I would like that if I was walking down my street yeah. and someone... You smell really good. <laughs> no, really weird. What the heck? Yeah, I, I, maybe like we're just like hanging out or something, or like we're just hanging out, but there's some random stranger and somebody says that to me. I'm not going to like that. <laughs> or you, or you, when they're walking down, it's like, hey, man, I love that picture of you on social media. Oh, my God. That's good. That's good. Hey, man. Or you say, hey, you left your lights on. <laughs> 
Oh my hey, god. Hey, was this at your house? Man? <laughs> what the stove on? What? Oh my god. I feel like that's something from SpongeBob though. Hey, oh that's oh that's your yeah. Hey Jackter, you left your lights on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yes. yeah patrick all right all right last question here if you were arrested um with i know you guys wouldn't be probably no i'm kidding you, you wouldn't be but if you guys were arrested without any explanation what would your friends and family have assumed that each of you have done <laughs> a noise complaint a noise complaint. that's good that's a good one yeah um we got Maybe like I stole a plane. Ooh. Probably, uh, probably that I stole a plane. You stole? Oh my god! Okay. Why you want to fly, Randy? You ready to fly? I'm up to yeah. Okay. So How about that. You ever see that on the news? What? That's it. If you ever see. Oh, that if I ever news. see, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh my god. Pilot Randy. Randy. Yep. A stolen plane at the Northeast Philadelphia Airport. Uh, that that was the, the airplane that, Tyler, that was flying over Tyler's house a couple hours ago. <laughs> yeah, Randy, that was Randy. Yeah, that was Randy. Was Randy. <laughs> oh, Mine was God. definitely a big news complaint. I am way too loud. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I'm surprised you haven't gotten any already. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're right. Oh, man. We probably have gotten a few already. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, speak, speaking of the block party, like when we had the first gig, the block party, uh, they didn't have a news complaint for you guys, but we always have noise complaints at the end it's like nine o'clock the old biddies are on the phone and be like turn that music down i can't sleep and <laughs> that's what usually happens <laughs> oh god yeah so you're good you guys are good you're not living on my block you're, you're living high on fitler so we're, we're you guys you guys must be used to the music over there so <laughs> I, I, the poor neighbors, they just hear it constantly. Oh, yeah. yeah. God bless them. God bless and you know what's even funnier? When we uh, when we first started playing, for some reason, we just weren't thinking with our heads. We used to actually practice. So we practiced in, in, in the garage in my backyard. Right. We used to practice in front of the garage, like not inside of it. So all the neighbors surrounding us could just... In sheer daylight. Amps were turned all the way up. I'm slamming on the drum. <laughs> Just in daylight. In oh the middle God. of the yard. I'm like, I'm like, uh, like a Sunday afternoon. It was ridiculous. That I don't know. I think that's when we just started, too. So mm -hmm. that was not that was not pleasing to hear at all. Right. Yeah, that was that's not what you wanted to hear at 1130 on a Saturday morning. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. At least it was Saturday. It wasn't during the week. It was just noise. It wasn't even music. Oh, my God. You know what? I kind of heard this story before. Now, one of your neighbors is, we're good friends, you know, Mr. Bud, Jason Bud, right? Yes, yes, yes. And he told me that he said he heard you guys all the time. He was like, they're my neighbors. I, of course I heard this band. I'm like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> he's, um, he's right next, he's literally right next to us. He's the house directly Is next he us. really? He, oh, my God. Yeah, he, That's he, awesome. Our yards, like, literally are connected by a fence. And what? It's, he, he's extremely supportive of us, surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I feel all the neighbors have been so supportive because, I mean, hopefully everything's is finally starting to sound like music because right. we all know that it's not music a year right. or two ago. Yeah. That was just noise. Oh, my God. Yeah, and, and it's not just because of the judge bias, too, because you know how he is with judges and stuff like that, too. So you're just like, oh, my God. Like, oh, that's awesome. So people just hearing you and stuff. I'm surprised I didn't hear you. We're not too far away. I'm surprised I didn't hear you from all the way down the street. You, you right? probably could have two years ago. <laughs> yeah. 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 So if right. I'm like, oh, what's we're that? All, we're all soundproof, though. We're all away now. Okay. So we don't money. <laughs> all right. Yeah. You're not down your basement. Randy, are you down your basement now? 
Yep, I'm in. This I'm in the basement. Yeah, so so you wouldn't you wouldn't play those drums now? Is that why you still got the pill? You can't you can't do it still. Yeah, yeah, can't play the drums. I probably get a noise complaint too. Oh yeah, my god, it, it would oh, be bad. Yeah. All right, well, Tyler, where do you guys practice your music at now? Do you have like a set location, or is it in like your garage or? It's my garage. Your we garage. have a uh, okay. we have a separate garage behind my house, and okay. it uh, we practice with all the tools and everything. Like it's just <laughs> there's tools over the wall and stuff like that. But you know, we laid down carpets and stuff, made it homey, and wow. that's. That's the office. That's, that's the office. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Everywhere you go, you go to put that work in. That's your office, and that's what you're gonna do. So, right. you know what? That's a good point to end it. So, yeah. So we'll end it right here, right now. And we thank everybody. We thank you guys, Randy, Tyler, for coming on, and uh, and Mike in spirit. You know, we'll meet Mike one day, and we'll at one of the shows and stuff like that. And and just to have you guys on the Frankfurt Fittler band here today, it's just been awesome. And like we said, two thousand twenty-two. December music out on Spotify. They have demos out now on SoundCloud, and they are going to update me and keep me updated on different events. We got one coming up in June. Um, we're gonna miss that one, but June thirteenth, they got one coming up at Sweeney's Pub. You said Sweeney's Bar. Sweeney's Tavern. Sweeney's Tavern. Right. Sweeney's Tavern. All right, yeah. So it'll be on their social media. Check them out, Frankfurt Fittler on Instagram and Facebook, and uh, yeah, and we'll keep you posted on what's going on with them. So we thank everybody for tuning in to the show today on the Coast Connections podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and all your podcast listening platforms. And we hope that you continue to check us out here on YouTube. Our friends on YouTube, let's give a little wave to the crowd there. And there we go. And then uh, on our friends on listening to us on the podcast, we really appreciate you guys listening and tuning in. We've got many uh, more. More fun pods to come as we uh, get you guys through the summer here. We're going to take advantage of that and, and pump out some pods and keep them churning for this summer. So, thank you, and as always, we'll end with a mic drop.